Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, July 30th. We are back from the PLL All-Star break, and Dylan Malloy is finally on our roster. So what a, uh, what, what a ride that has been. I am Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mics. Uh, boys, I mean, what a... What what a what a news break coming out of All Star Weekend. So uh, it's been a while since since we've been here. Everyone hopefully enjoyed their bye weeks, and uh, good to have you fellows on here. How we how we feeling today? I mean, other than than being horribly late to the uh, to the recording, my bad, fellas. Uh, I think we I think we're doing fantastic. Can't complain. Um, we you have to think that we spoke the Malloy thing into existence. You have to think. I, I hate. I hate taking too much credit, but credit to us, um, and definitely not Nick Asello at all, um, who didn't have anything to do with that. So, uh, Dukes, how, how, how do you feel? Doing great. Uh, you know, packed house in the McDougal house right now. Everyone's home for my dad's birthday, so I'm currently recording in my bed, which is a first. So, kind of like the setup right now. Uh, might never go back. But uh, just wanted to give quick shout out or just touch on it uh over the weekend on long island there was a car crash that involved uh three law manhattan lacrosse players and there's a girl brianna maglio who is from growing city and she's currently fighting for her life in critical condition so if anyone wants to help out with her hospital bills because sure she'll be have a tough long uh, recovery her venmo is at gofundbm that's at gofundbm um anything and everything will be appreciated I uh, would really appreciate anyone's help on that. But, uh, yeah, now Dylan Malloy kicking it off. It's going to be a crazy ride to the end of the season with him, uh, with him in the PLL. Yeah. I mean, real quick, ju- just to go back to that, um, to that I mean, it, it's like a, such a heartbreaking story coming out of Long Island. Um, you know, one that you, you wish that no one really ever had to deal with. Um, Unfortunately, this this life that we all live is, um, you know, it's it's super crazy. Nothing is ever uh, set in stone. So, you know, kind of anything can happen at any moment. And unfortunately, you know, tragedy is, is one of those things. Um, but it is just an, another one of those reminders of just one, like how small the lacrosse community is. Um, and in terms of like, not in terms of like numbers, but just, you know, in terms of, you know, how, you know, um, you know, close knit it is and how everyone knows someone who's played with someone who, um, you know, would be in, impacted by something like that. And, um, you know, so a really small community, but a really strong community that always uh, steps up and, and takes care of everybody uh, when, you know, unfortunate tragedies happen. So, um, yeah, definitely keeping all those families in our thoughts and prayers, uh, keeping uh, Brianna, right? Is, is, yeah, Brianna. Yeah, so keeping Brianna in, in, our, in our thoughts as well. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, anyone listening to this right now, you know, maybe just hit the pause button, reach out to, you know, maybe a few of your, your old teammates who you haven't talked to in a while or reach out to anybody in your life who you haven't talked to in a while, um, you know, and just check in, you know, it, it always feels good to tell people that you love them. Um, so boys, I, I love you guys. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Dylan Malloy, it, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely been a, a long um, 
twisty road to get Dylan Malloy into the PLL. So uh, if you guys remember, I mean, we have to go back a few years, uh, you know, a few Octobers ago when the PLL was first announced. And, um, you know, when, when they released that they were starting this new league that was going to break away from the MLL, uh, they came out with a list. I think it was like 150 players right off the bat um, who were going to be leaving the MLL and going to the PLL. And on that list was Dylan Malloy. Um, now, you know, a few things led to another. And, uh, you know, a couple players, Dylan Malloy being one of them, ended up then started off leaving the MLL to go to the PLL, but then left the PLL to go back to the MLL. Um, you know, so he, he, you know, he made his, he made his bed with that decision. Um, and he's been sleeping in it since, but you know, the, the Chrome after, you know, they've been dealing with some injury issues, especially, you know, losing Jordan Wolf pretty early in the season. Uh, they're a team right now that is in desperate need of a few wins in these next two weekends before the playoffs start. So, uh, you know, they're one of the three teams right now who are kind of, battling to stay alive to make the quarterfinals so i that's a huge pickup for the chrome um you know because we we might not have seen him play uh you know i again i know that there are people out there who watched every single mlo game i i know you guys are out there i know that you guys have watched dylan malloy play since he won a Twarton a brown i know that i didn't okay i'm not watching mlo um but it's been a while since some of us have seen him play, but let's not forget that this man is an absolute unit. It just, uh, he's big, he's fast, he's skilled. He'll get to the rack. He can score some goals. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see any way how this doesn't help the Chrome stay alive for these next two weeks and at least get another win or so under their belt heading into the quarterfinals. So uh, Jake, uh, Dylan Malloy coming back. How do you feel about this one? I mean, you know, me and Malloy are cut from the same cloth, you know, uh, can play with both hands, just absolute units, just big legs, run it, run into the cage. To he our just happens, guys. Yeah. Yeah. To our time guys. He just, you know, if I hadn't torn my ACL senior year, you know, we'd probably be in the same position. So, um, you, you love that for both of us. No, man, the Malloy is, um, he's a very, he's a very unique player, uh, in that, you know, there's, there's guys who are like, you know, pure finesse and there's guys who are just kind of, you know, uh, big brawlers like, uh, like John Rannigan, right? Like he'll find a way to the cage and it's going to be so ugly. Right. And then you've got like Lyle on the other hand, where, who just every time he shoots the ball, it looks like poetry. And then you kind of right in the middle is Dylan Malloy. He's got the perfect combination of both. And I just, I mean, he's, he's such an exciting player to watch. He was such an exciting player to watch. That Brown team that he played on was just electric factory. Right. You know? So I love that. I can't wait to see him out there. Pretty huge pickup for the Chrome. You know, they're sitting at, you know, the low end, right. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to keep, you know, I, I guess the strategy is like, you d don't be last. Right. So you, you just, you, you, the strategy is like, don't be last. So it's you a good, get a, it's a good strategy to follow. Like if, if I was a coach, that would be my game plan as well. I mean, Listen, guys, I mean, out there, let's, let's not be the worst. Let's, let's just, let's not be the worst. Right. Like that, that's amazing. Like whenever you go to like a summer tournament and like, you might go like one and three, it's like, you look at the, you look at the tournament, you know, at the, at the bottom, it's like, so oh, that team went oh and four. At least we weren't those guys. Right. At least we weren't, you know, just the, you look at their scoring differential. That's terrible. So, 
I mean, I think the Chrome are sitting, are sitting just fine. I think Malloy and Danny Moss are huge pickups. Um, it's, I mean, it, it'll be another exciting weekend. I, I didn't care much for the all-star game. I thought it was fun. You know, all-star games are all-star games. You know, it, it is what it is. Glad nobody got hurt. I'm glad the fans enjoyed it. Um, got some fun highlights out of it, but, um, you know, Malloy coming out of there is, you know, that's kind of the, kind of a, kind of a quiet way. They did it really quietly, right? Like they just prepared the graphic and posted it and said, you know, Malloy has been signed from the player pool, right? Like, uh, like a, like a dog with its tail tucked. Like, uh, I guess, I guess we got to sign Malloy now. And everyone just blew up about it. And I guess they, I guess they, you, when it would, I guess the premier lacrosse social people probably knew that that it would just speak for themselves. But I just, I thought that was funny. Dukes didn't, did, I'm, I'm sure you thought that was hilarious to just kind of slide that in there on social. Like if it were, if it were you, I'm sure you'd be like Malloy time, baby, with like a million, <laughs> a million exclamation points. I would have probably just, if I was, if I was a PLL social team, I would have just been like hashtag Malloy signed. Just lean into lax Twitter. <laughs> just like know your role. Be funny one time. Just stop. Like now we won't even get into that. But, you know, Dylan Malloy being back in the league, great. Also hilarious has the, when the Chrome tweeted out, like, Dylan Malloy and Donnie Moss have been signed from the player pool. They only tagged Donnie Moss in the photo, and they didn't tag Dylan Malloy. I thought that was pretty funny. Salt. I feel like, I don't know for oh. sure, but I think if, if you are a, a locked account, you can't be tagged in pictures on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so they have a they have, they have a they have a scapegoat, I guess. Yeah, just just as as okay. someone who has tried to tag um, some guys in, in in photos before, I I don't think that that you can. But I, that's so fair. It's it, it's still it's still a good grievance for you to air. It is. I mean, it just it just felt right. If I, I it felt right coming out of the chest, but I don't know. You know, big body players, skilled. It's been bulldozing kids since. Because he's Long Island bred, just built different. I don't know how, how else to say it. He's just a Long Island guy, bully. But you've seen physical players like Rambo and Zed have success in the PLL. So I don't see any reason why Malloy won't have success. Uh, really excited to see him play alongside Gotti this year, Jackson Morrow. Um, I think the Chrome, they definitely got a lot better overnight. So yeah, I, think oh, yeah. I think they'll make a push. Yeah, I mean, and, and they needed to. You know, again, like you don't, it, they're very, very different players, both very effective, but like the, the difference between a Jordan Wolf and, and a Dylan Malloy, it's, it's like, you know, one guy's going to just shake you down and you're going to have all your loose change falling out of your pockets as you're um, getting put in a blender from X trying to keep up with Jordan Wolf. Uh, Dylan Malloy, again, like he has some speed, but he, he's more of that Rambo, uh, just put your shoulder down and run through your defender instead of by him. Um, but you know, they, they needed to pick up a guy to fill that role. Um, and, and he's definitely going to be that now I will say like, I, I think that there are two and only two possible scenarios here. Um, like I, I think that there's an absolute chance that he comes out and he can have like a, like a five and four game, um, you know, just put on an absolute show because he's been, he's been waiting for this for a little while. And again, he's, it's not just that he's been waiting for this it's that he's a former towards on winner. So he has the ability to do it. Um, but then there's also on the other side of that coin, like it could just be one of those, you know, kind of 
you know, the same way that like Jeff Teat came in and wasn't really able to do much in his first game. It's just, you know, it's been a while since he's actually played. Um, so it might take him a little while to get going. And it's not like the Chrome necessarily have a ton of time to wait for that to happen. Um, so I think it's either going to be a monster game or a game where he just like isn't able to find the score sheet at all. Um, so like, I, I don't really see like a, a scenario where he has like a goal and an assist. Like, I think it's either a monster game or like a, oh shit, this did not work out at all. Um, That's so a great I'm, point. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the monster game, obviously. Um, and yeah, Jake, that, that is like. I was literally uh, just I, about to say, are you, are, you, are you doing one of my takes right now? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. So, so, so that's, a, uh, that, that's how you know that I've been studying. I've been going back. I've been really listening. And I've been trying to figure out how to make sure that I sound as smart as possible on this podcast. And it's just uh, Jake, take Jake's play of uh, playing both sides. Um, but no, I was going to say that it, it was a good point you brought up about like how just low-key the socials were about signing him. Because so like, low key. Like a, a player of his caliber, a Tawaratan winner, like – Again, we're, we're going to talk about this in about probably like 55 seconds. Um, but, you know, Chris Hogan coming back to this, like they, the league made an entire three-part mini docu-series on Chris Hogan coming back to play lacrosse. Like you think the least that they would have done is like put together a nice little highlight montage of all Something. Of, of Dylan Malloy's career and to do the Malloy signed. Um, but no, they just put him in a, in a Photoshopped uh, graphic and didn't <laughs> tag him. So um, again, you would think a player of that caliber, they would have uh, kind of put all the pieces together and maybe, I don't know. Maybe all the uh, video editors were away on vacation and they didn't want to bother them during the bye week. Uh, I mean, it's, it's possible, you know, maybe Nick and Nick Bailey and the other guys were at RJ's pool, just uh, eating cheese balls or something. Just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Hate that for them. I have to dock their pay. I also, Uh, uh, I think that we can tell how good of a weekend Dylan Malloy will have. Once he steps on the field, just look at how tan he is. Because if he's oh extremely tan, that just means he's been in Montauk for the like past like month, probably doing a share <laughs> house with him and his buddies. So that just means that whatever how tan he is, either take take the chrome or don't take the chrome. Because that's that shows you how how much working out he's done, how much he's touched the stick this summer. Well, I'm gonna uh, hang on. This is good for radio, but I'm gonna see if he's on LinkedIn. I want to see what is. What, what just go go ahead. I'm gonna, I'll uh, find it eventually. Okay. Oh, he's yeah. an he's an underwriter. So this man. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's an. Oh, he's a lacrosse player. He's a lacrosse player. <laughs> he's a, he's an underwriter. I was just about to say financial institutions. Uh, a senior underwriter at Chubb. So he's a he's a uh, he's definitely a lacrosse player. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so he might be he might be in the office. He might not be that tan. So you're right. The tan, you know how how tan Malloy is is going to be indicative of how. Uh, of how well he does so that's a that's a very good take dude it's very that's a that's a long island guy brain that you know we've all we've needed on this podcast philly and atlanta just aren't working well together i'm just saying a lot of long island people will work from home action going out to the shore the hamptons you never know you never know with these kids nowadays with this, this little COVID situation just working from the beach yeah, well, uh, you guys will be able to catch Dylan Malloy and the Chrome playing tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern in Colorado Springs. And uh, so, you know, that that gives Malloy, you know, a few hours. If, if I were him, 
I, I know that he's listening to this episode right now. Um, so Dukes, you bring up a good point there. If, if I were Dylan Malloy, I would head to the nearest tanning salon and I'd go there while wearing my, uh, my elbow pads and just get a, get a nice elbow pad tan line going. And then that way everyone's like, Oh, like this guy's been, not only has he been going out and getting shots, but he's also been shooting with his elbow pads in trying to get the, that like in game feel for those reps. So, uh, you, you got you got like a few hours before you have to show up to the field for warm ups. So, uh, but yeah, tonight nine p.m. Chrome versus Atlas. Um, but uh, let's talk about you know. So we we've got one guy coming into the league. Uh, now let's mention something that I alluded to you know a couple minutes ago. The Chris Hogan return to lacrosse is well, it's a dead bitch. It's over. R- R.I.P. It's, it's over. Chris Hogan, lacrosse player. Uh, Chris Hogan goes out and he uh, he signs with the New Orleans Saints. So that will put his lacrosse career on hold as he makes his return to the NFL. Now, listen, I'm not an idiot, despite what the haters may claim. I'm not. I'm not a fool. I understand that you're going to make more money on an NFL practice roster than you would as a professional lacrosse player. I get the reality of the situation. So, you know, Chris Hogan deciding to go back to the NFL when he has an opportunity with the saints. Yes. Financially, it makes the most sense. Uh, pretty sure he's a father, right? I'm, I'm almost certain. That he's got two, that, that, yeah. He's got yeah, two so or three. Yeah. So he's got, he's got a few kids that he needs to look out for um, and put those kids in a nice financial situation as well. So I get the decision as a human being, but Holy fuck, does that hurt the amount of, of hype and, and time and energy and resources that the league put into Chris Hogan coming back to lacrosse this season only for that to last what I, th- I think he played in like two games two very very forgettable games um so it just seems like a that that was a big time waste of time uh so you know personally right now i, w- I would like to formally announce that this is my official retirement from talking about chris hogan the lacrosse player um so, so I'm out. I, I wish him nothing but the best with the saints, but, uh, I, I know that I, you guys, you guys can be, you, you know, you can differ with me here. Um, but I am officially out on being the Chris Hogan guy. I mean, okay. So when you, you know, when you, when you, when you, when they got Chris Hogan to come to the league, Right. They made a very calculated risk. They said we I'm sure that they had to. They had to say, okay, we got to go all in on this because Hogan has the following like we can get more eyes on the league, whatever. Unfortunately, it backfired so hard because I mean, I on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you have to take the risk. You have to you have to, you know, for lack of better words, soak up Hogan's clout. Right. Get um, get more eyes on the PLL. Right. You got to do it. Right. But on the other hand, you have to know the second that he gets the call from any team, it could have been the fucking Indianapolis Colts, right? To pay him well, league. Me- if it was, just if saying. it was the Colts, he'd be getting Carson Wentz throwing the ball to him, and I, I'm still a Carson guy, even well, not though throwing the ball at him probably. Is yeah, not. I mean, it's gonna be throwing it three feet over his head, right? If he doesn't lock himself in a gas station bathroom. All right, Dick, um, keep going. <laughs> but. 
you have to understand that like once as soon as he gets a phone call it could have been from anybody right that he's going to drop whatever he's doing and go play again so i don't know i mean it it had to hurt a little bit had to sting a little bit for the pll because you're like you throw all your support behind him and then yet uh you you throw all your support behind him you want to believe but like you know that he's just as as soon as he gets that phone call he's going to be gone right so you're all kind of always operating with like one foot out the door anyway and maybe hogan was doing that but i think the bigger story was that will perry got signed and you know 150 points at unc just an all-around good dude like I think that I, I think that the whips actually got a, a much better deal out of it, to be perfectly honest. And maybe that was like a little under the table thing. It was like, hey, sorry uh, about the whole Hogan situation um, and the fact that you know all the eyes were on him rather than your team. Here's Will Perry. How how you know kind of slide Will Perry's contract across the table? Like, here you go. Here's Will Perry instead. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. But I mean, yeah. Like, I wonder if they're giving out refunds for the documentary. I mean, it'll be free on Apple Plus in like two days, no doubt about it, or whatever it is, wherever you can watch that thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it was definitely all worth it. I totally agree. It was always one foot out the door. I feel like he definitely said in the past that he's still looking to play in the NFL and this is just a fun activity on the side. I mean, in the same hand, we all, we all said it, and like the, the big people, or just like people that talk love lacrosse, we said like how many games is he actually going to suit? He suited two games. It wasn't like he was going to suit up in the playoffs anyways, I, I don't think. Because if he was suiting up in the playoffs, people would have been enraged. So I do think that it was all worth it. Um, it does – Did, he, did does, he suit up for the whips or what did he Yeah, he suited up for the whips. In a very forgettable – in a very forgettable so, game. So then that means if the whips win a championship, he'd end up with a ring. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's great stuff for the league. Because then also then – and then it comes back to this is, say, it, during the Saints game, he burns a cornerback or he scores a touchdown. The PLL is going to be like, that's our guy. Like I could already no. see the tweet. That's yeah, our guy. But, but see, see, that's where I, and, and I need a, accountability is huge. You're, you're, you're only as good as your word. Um, so that right there, I need everyone. I need you two specifically. And I need everyone listening to this right now. I need you guys to hold me to that. If Chris Hogan sees some action with the saints this year and he does, you know, if he, if he scores a touchdown or anything, I'm, Again, I'm 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 out. I'm retired from Chris Hogan. Retired from for, former former lax player scores touchdown in NFL. I'm in. So, um, I want to do like a. I'm gonna try to learn Photoshop today. You know, there's like a 30 for 30 Dion's double play, where it's like Dion like playing football and baseball. That's just Chris Hogan championship weekend for the Whip Snakes for, taking a plane and then going to uh, play for the Saints. That's that's just gotta happen. But uh, one more comment on it is, you know, obviously you got to get your bag. You have the kids and everything, but it makes you, makes you wonder what is it sent? What kind of messages are sent to the kids? Like take the money or do it for the love of the game. It really, it, it may put me, set me back for a little bit. It made me think. Um, so Chris Hogan's clearly just cares more about bread than for the love of the game. Something that you truly, truly hate to see. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's about that on Chris Hogan. Um thanks for coming out, but uh see you later. Um 
So real quick, let's, let's just change gears before we, uh, before we head into our weekend preview. Uh, Cause you know, right now we're, we're recording this. It's, you know, in the morning on Wednesday, I'm currently watching um, three on three basketball at the Olympics. Uh, but since the last time that we were on the mics, the sport of lacrosse received full recognition status from the International Olympic Committee. Uh, so World Lacrosse Sixes, it came out, you know, everyone kind of knew that this is what the game was going to have to do in order to get the IOC uh, to get behind the, the movement towards lacrosse getting into the Olympics, hopefully by 2028. Um, so they got that full recognition status. Now, some people out there, <laughs> cough, cough, Terry Foy. Um, really just wanted to, to poo-poo on the parade um, to make sure that it is abundantly clear that just because they received full recognition status doesn't officially mean that lacrosse is in the Olympics yet. Uh, but it seems like everything is trending towards the right direction uh, to get lax into the Olympics. And I'll tell you what, it couldn't be happening at a better time right now because I've been watching these Olympics since when does the USA like we suck at all these sports right now? What, what is going like we, we need lacrosse more than ever um, because I I'm starting to think that out of all things, USA might just be a lacrosse country, not a basketball country anymore. You can't lose to France in the Olympics and, and claim to be a basketball country, um, not a soccer, yeah, but, country. Also, but also who's the, who was the best player on the basketball roster? <laughs> Kevin Durant. Yeah, Ke- Ke- Kevin Durant. He's yeah, but I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant and like a bunch of milkmen, right? Like it, it's it wasn't it, it wasn't like the most all star you know roster we've ever put together, right? They don't have Carmelo Anthony or anything. So like, well, I yeah, mean, I, we'll but, still win gold. Yeah, yeah, we'll still win gold, right? It's it's it is embarrassing to lose to France, but um, you know, what France I'm, usually what just I'm surrenders. getting at here is that we're a lacrosse country, and that. We, <laughs> I get it. I get we it. We need lacrosse in the Olympics because, um, you know, and, and, and I see all, all you, all you people out there talking about, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of more the Canadian style. They're going to kick your ass. And it's like, shut the fuck up. No, it's not like, this is the Olympics since when Canada, unless it's hockey, can, what does Canada win in the Olympics? Um, USA is even one curling now. So um, in the Olympics, the, United States of America bends Canada over, spanks your bare butt, balls and back. So uh, lacrosse in the Olympics, at least full recognition status. So uh, you guys got any thoughts thoughts on that news? I know that we're a little bit removed from that, probably like a week or so removed from that, but it's been a while since we uh, put out an episode. I don't have any thoughts in particular about uh... – about lacrosse, the Olympics. I think I think it's great. I think they've. They, I think it's great that they finally, um, you know, got recognition from the IOC or whatnot. Um, any any thoughts on the Olympics in general? Like, what what you've been watching? Any Jake? Yeah, I think. Well, okay. My favorite my favorite part of the Olympics is I, I love track and field, and I love swimming. Um, those are my two favorite summer ones. And then I love, and short, short track speed skating is like the most electric thing in the entire world to me for, for, uh, Apollo Antonono. for Apollo Antonono. And I mean, but just all just short track speed skating is unreal. Um, I like the Olympics a lot. 
I, I think that the way that NBC, it, it's every, every time the, the way that you like try to find out what's on and is awful. Right. And I feel like I'm watching replays all the time. So, I mean, the U S has always been dominant and, you know, swimming and things like that. But when it comes to track and field and, you know, long distance running, we're, we're, we're just, we can't compete. Um, but I mean, huge congrats to Katie Ledecky, uh, last night, <laughs> winning the 1500 in the 1500. I think I read this. She, the top, the best 13 times are hers and she's broken her own world record like 12 times or something like that. Just absolute dominance. Um, I, I, I start thinking as we, I think it's important. I think, I think lacrosse being Olympics would be important because it would encourage, it encourages the growth of the sport in the other countries, but how long until we get a final gold medal game that isn't us versus Canada. Right. Um, you know, or, or so you, that, I, that I would be I tough. Really know. I, I, I just don't know how interested I'd be in. It would be great if the sport, but like if it grew that way, but also like I, like that, that's the best, like Olympic hockey, give me USA versus Canada every time. Every once in a while, True. I'll take a, I'll, I'll take a, a Russia thrown into the mix just to get the miracle on ice juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have that rivalry every single year, like you, you can really juice that one up. Um, Dukes, uh, thoughts on Olympic lacks and, and also what have you been, uh, what, what's been your Olympic event of choice? I mean, I'm down for lacrosse in the Olympics. I'm, I'll be the first to say it. I'm, I'm all, all for it. I, I'm actually I'm – all, I'm all in on the sixes setup right now. I just think for men's and women's I, – I actually would love to see the women's sixes live in action. I watched, like, the Athletes United over the weekend with the shot clock. That was awesome. Shout um, out Kent to Kent. Getting yeah. yourself on the scoreboard there. He's no, mode. Yeah. So, like, just, like, in general, I'm just, like, really excited for the sixes. But um, I think this is also my application. I want to go on, like, Ancestry.com. See if I have any roots to a country that needs some lacrosse players because that would be so awesome to see just some like washed up kids suiting up for like Czech Republic or Ireland, Great Britain, just like slinging it against all these like PLL pros. <laughs> I think it would just be hilarious. But um, besides that, kind of I don't know. I like I like I just like the Olympics. I like watching like weird people win golds. Those videos that are coming out about the guy from like Tunisia winning the gold medal at 17 and the, uh, the 17-year-old from Alaska, just those the watch parties and seeing how intense their families get. Those are just like the awesome moments that like, I love about the Olympics in general. And the weirder the events, the better. I like skateboarding. I like surfing. Those are both great additions to the Olympics. But um, I also like table tennis and badminton. That's the best part about the Olympics. I know I could be a handball starter also. That's a fact. That's a fact. See, That's here's the thing. Fact. Everybody Dude, says, have you seen, have you seen how big says, some of these handball guys yeah, are? Everybody yep. says that they could play handball. I don't think so, man. There's not. Big disagree. Big I disagree. I, I just wanted to be on record. <laughs> I want this on record. <clears throat> In college. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> I signed up for Team USA tryouts for handball in Columbus, Ohio, and I didn't have a ride to go. <clears throat> I think that one, I could be a defender, or two, I could be a goalie. I know it. I know in my heart of hearts that if you gave me three years, I could be on the roster. I don't – maybe as a goalie, I don't know, though. How fast do you think they shoot? Dude, it's, I think some of these guys are fucking humming that thing in there. I know. It's not even that. It's how, it's how, big, it's how big they are and how big they can jump. 
Like I, I, I knew I went to college with a girl uh, who's married to a guy on the team and he's just a big guy and he's so fast. And these guys are un, unreal athletes. I don't think it, I don't think it would happen. Handball always ends up being the de facto, like everyone watching it, like, oh, I, I could do that. Give me a couple years. Yeah, they, I, could do this. I, 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 I totally I, agree. I like, is it, is it maybe easier to, to get at a, like than other sports? Like, like you, you would never in a million years be like, oh, give me three years and I'll, I'll make the Olympic basketball team. But no. I, I, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think handball if you actually watch, like these guys are, that's my they, favorite sport to they've, watch. They've got it down. Also, the the one thing that I'm really upset about with with handball, and hopefully this um, changes by 2028 when lacrosse is in the Olympics. I need, uh, I believe it's Congo, to get into the Olympics. So I was, they had the um, the handball world championships a few months ago, and there was some unit on on Congo's team. Like this man is a fucking bowling ball but he could move he could jump and he could score he was electric um i just i I don't think that they're very good at handball so they haven't made it to the olympics kind of the same with usa um but yeah uh would agree like table tennis badminton is like insane like these people are like so dialed in like it's it's awesome like watching these people like come in and like i was watching I think it was a, a woman from Japan playing against, uh, I don't know, the, the, some, some other Asian country. And even like their volley was like, like their like pregame volley just to get like warmed up was some of the most incredible table tennis I've ever seen in my life besides Jake Marsh, um, who will no, be calling, who will be calling a uh, PLL game this, this coming Saturday, correct? Yeah, both games um so yeah awesome but uh but yeah table tennis badminton big ones um yeah so uh definitely awesome to to watch and um dude you got any looks like you're you're ready to say something right here go ahead i just have a question do you guys think that dylan ward and like blaze reardon could be a team like handball goalies yes me too that's where my argument is based off of I think that if you give people three years, like not like just not someone normal like me with the big balls, I need like three years, but I think they could step in immediately and be great goalies in handball. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that those guys would need like a couple months to kind of, to figure that out. Uh, yeah. Cause the, so the, I, th- I think Dylan Ward probably more so since he's taller because the, the width of a handball goal is about, is almost 10 yeah. feet. So oh, a little more wing. Yeah. A little more wings, but yeah, it's, it's like 10 by six and a half. Yeah. It's, 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 right, not, like, it's, not, it's not like a, yeah, it's not like a floor. Right, I'm, I'm out on this take. I did not know. Yeah. I'm out. I'm yeah, out. What'd you think? It was like a box lacrosse goal. No, it's more like, no, it's more like a field hockey net. Okay. Yeah. I'm out. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, but yeah, so lacrosse in the Olympics. Uh, yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see some, some high level lacks in 2028 in Los Angeles. But in the meantime, we'll be able to see some high level lacks getting going tonight 
into this weekend uh, as the PLL makes their week seven stop in Colorado Springs. And it all gets going 9 p.m. with the Atlas taking on the Chrome. Uh, now, listen, it, it's been a while since all of these teams have played. Um, you know, so we're going to be getting, you know, a lot of new faces in these lineups. We're going to be seeing a lot of guys coming back from injuries. Um, so like, this is basically, there's only two more weeks left of the regular season, but it's almost like, like a whole new season, kind of a, a nice, like fresh beginning for everybody here in this final push for the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know like how much stock we can put into, what has happened in the previous six weeks um, or, you know, five weeks, I guess, if, if we're taking the uh, all-star break out of it. Um, but, you know, so all of these teams, they're going to be healthy. They're going to be loaded. They're going to have a few, a uh, few new pieces. So it, it's really, all these games are pretty much toss ups, uh, which is kind of, uh, kind of uh, indicative. If you head on over to the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, to check out some of these lines on these games because every single game heading into this weekend is just a one and a half goal spread. Uh, so tonight, Chrome and Atlas uh, on the money line. You've got the Atli as the favorites here with uh, at, at minus one eighty two. Chrome as the underdogs at plus one forty two. Um, you know, Chrome right now they they desperately need a win to kind of keep themselves alive. The Atlas have been able to turn things around. Uh, they're sitting at four and two. So, uh, you know, do, do the, do the look Chrome with Dylan Malloy come in a little hungry, uh, looking to prove the haters wrong a little bit, uh, or does, does this thing kind of fall apart on them and Jeff Teat and Jay Carraway just bully them into submission? What do you boys think? Well, this is going to be difficult for me because they haven't you know we're, we're recording on wednesday morning we haven't seen an injury report yet um so it's kind of, there's a couple games in here that might be up in the air uh but so atlas has the double header this weekend um very it's, it's always interesting well chrome has the double header yeah, yeah, too yeah. uh both atlas and chrome have the double header so like maybe maybe they come out like they both come out like gentlemen's agreement like they're coming out half speed on friday night like hey you know like we got a long weekend fellas like let's you know let's just let's have a good time let's throw the ball at the goal if it goes in that's fine if it doesn't you know we still got our games on sunday you know maybe they do that or like maybe the chrome is like hey uh we gotta fucking win a game like we're, we're we, you know i'm sure that like what the the atlas are, are favored but I don't know. I think just the story of that game is 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 Malloy time. Um, I, I think that all eyes are going to be on Malloy, and, and you know maybe that maybe that actually is not as beneficial as we think. Um, you know, maybe having too many eyes on him could could it could turn out uh, you know on the lower end of of you know how you how you previously mentioned Jordy that you know it, it he may just kind of be a non factor. You know, he may just kind of be out there hanging out. Or he may do put up Jeff Teat numbers. Who knows? Um, I don't really want to comment on that game. First of all, it's 9 p.m. Who the fuck is staying up that late to watch that game? Uh, second of all, the th I mean, these two of these games are at 9 and, 9 and 10 p.m. That's absurd. That's not happening. Um, for me, at least. Because I'm uh, we have, a child. We, we do have to abolish time zones. <laughs> 
I just, uh, I understand it's in Colorado, but come on, come on, people. Um, anyway, uh, Dukes, do you have any, any thoughts about Malloy time? Um, on Malloy, I think I already gave them, but I'm definitely going to take the Atlas minus one and a half. I think this is a Dr. Seuss read. I think it's really easy. Uh, don't overthink it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just, I think, I don't think he'll be settled in. This is also his first PLL game ever. And if we're going back to tea time, Teat didn't play well the first game, but he played well in the second. So if you're looking forward to the Sunday game, maybe that's when you start looking at Malloy time. But for right now, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go Atlas minus one and a half. Then I'm also going to take the under. Um, the Chrome offense to begin with, they're just like, I don't feel like they're, they're that efficient. And I feel like their defense, especially when Galloway's in goal, steps up. So I'm going to take the under and Atlas minus one and a half. Uh, okay. Solid. Two, two things here. One, Duke's uh, favorite Dr. Seuss book. Um. Whoa. Uh. The Lorax. It's a, uh, that's that's modern choice. I would say Green Eggs and Ham. Basic bitch. So credit to me for not being basic. Yeah. Lorax is a great read. Um. Uh. But yeah, I I, I think uh you know heading into this again like the the double header here um obviously the Chrome need to be hungry heading into this one a little bit more so than the Atlas. Um, you know, if, if any team here kind of needs to come in and be like, we have to pick up two big wins this weekend, it would be the Chrome over the Atlas. And, um, you know, I think the way that Galloway has been playing this season, I think that he definitely gives them a chance in any game that he's in. Uh, so, you know, between the new juice added to the roster with Malloy, coming in here extra hungry and Galloway having himself a nice little renaissance season. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chrome in this one. Um, and then that'll bring us into Saturday. So seven fifteen Eastern, we've got the archers taking on the Redwoods. The archers have been in a tough little slide lately. I, I believe that's what three, three L's in a row uh, for the archers who still have a ridiculous score differential. One of like the only good score differentials in the league, uh, but three straight losses and they will be taking on the first place Redwoods. So this is a game uh, seven fifteen. Uh, it looks like all of these games will be streaming on Peacock, which kind of makes sense because the NBC networks are all tied up with the Olympics. Uh, but this game, Redwoods are favored. Uh, actually, no, Archers right here favored at minus 125. You can get uh, Redwoods at minus 103. Over under here, only set at 23 and a half. Um, mm. So now, you know, may, maybe that's, may, maybe the line makers you know, they, they, they remembered, Hey, the Redwoods picked up Kyle Hartzell. He's going to be a real sack of shit to play against. Maybe he's going to bully Grant Amen a little bit for what he did to him, uh, at the, uh, in, in the bubble last year, maybe the Redwoods will learn from that mistake and just keep Hartzell as far away from Grant Amen as possible. Uh, so, you know, pretty, pretty low total there. Um, which, you know, I, I, wouldn't want to see i'm a guy who always roots for for goals uh but archers again like really need to turn things around um you know they're they're not nearly they they shouldn't be a middle of the road team this point in the season um sitting at three and three so i think that this is where they kind of start to piece some things together and realize hey we, we've got two more weeks here of the regular season we need to kind of kick things into gear before we head into the playoffs so i think this is a, a nice big bounce back game uh for the archers what do you guys have 
I think the Archers, I, I, I think the, the Archers have left so much to be desired in the past three games. I talked to Matt McMahon after their Cannons game, and he said just guarding, you know, the, the combo of Drenner, Shane Jackson, and Lyle is just an impossible situation. You know, Drenner moves so much so well, so so well off the ball. Shane Jackson is a bit of a smaller guy, but like he literally will, he shows up just on the crease to dunk it all the time. And then guarding Lyle is, for lack of a better word, just guarding Lyle. So I, I think that they had their hands full there. I think that the Redwoods are a little bit different. Um, your matchups are, are way different. You've got RP3, who really is like the distributor. Um, and the Redwoods play a pretty efficient offense, but the Archers also play a pretty efficient defense. So um, it kind of just depends. I, it, it, I, I don't want to make a very simple take, but it kind of depends on how well RP3 shows up because he's the, he's the keystone of the Redwoods offense right now. So if you get RP3 locked up, I, then it's up to, to, to everybody else. And I mean, you know, the Archers – you don't want to get the, you know, so like this is the situation, like you've got RP3 locked down. Uh, you try a couple midfield dodges, you get turned around, balls moving the other way, buddy and tra- archers in transition, turn and rake. So I, I think that if the Redwoods can score in settled offense, they have a, they have a very good chance. But if you get into an up and down transition game, the archers will double up the Redwoods. No doubt. Um, I, I, again, I'm not a gambling man. I am going to Vegas tomorrow. Um, so I'm just, I'm so bad at gambling. Um, but I would I would hit the I would smash the over on this, uh, just because in both situations, if it's a lot of settled offense, I still think it's going to be high scoring. And if the archers get going, still think it's going to be high scoring. So you heard it here. That's the shit take. Smash the over. Life's too short to bet the under. Right? Am I getting that right? That was a really good gambling term. Okay, was, good. Love was, that for me. It was brilliantly done, and, and you guys can, again, all do that over <laughs> at the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, Dukes? I, I, I'm totally – I'm 100% with Jake. I would My favorite bet – I'm going game by game, so my favorite bet right now would be the over in this game. This is two of the best offenses in the league, two of the most efficient offenses in the league. Um, Archer's defense could slow up, like you said, the Redwoods offense, but I think that TD will win enough possessions at the face that it'll be too much possessions for the archers. Cause again, like I've said about the archers, my biggest worry about them is the face-off battle. Um, so I think that the face-offs will keep the Redwoods in this game. Not going to touch the spread. I, I do think this has possibility to go to overtime. So I'm going to go archers money line and going to take the over 23 and a half. Love that. Uh, and then following that game, the 10 PM game. So uh, Jake, well, here's the thing. It, it, this is 10 PM. But, uh, Eastern, so you'll be. I mean, I'll in, be in the right time you'll, zone. Yeah, you'll be in Vegas, I, yeah. so you'll you'll be you'll be fine there. Uh, like, but, hey, at the so, strip club, like, hey, can you put on the game? Yeah, the game, <laughs> the game, the excuse game's me, on. Excuse me, ma'am. ma'am. Sli- slide, slide over to your left a little bit. I I gotta watch. Uh, I gotta watch how Matt McMahon's guarding RP three. And can um, you tell them to put the volume on because Jake Marsh will be on the call. Yes, there we go. <laughs> volume up, volume up, please. Can you turn? Can you cut turn down? Yeah, <laughs> cut, you cut. Turn on the music, please. Full blast. My, my sweet boy, Jake is on the call. Um, well, following that game. So 10 PM Eastern uh, or whatever time it is for you people in Vegas with Jake, uh, it will be the whip snakes taking on the water dogs, the two W teams, but one team must take an L 
That was come on, guys. Oh, God. Come on, you motherfuckers. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? Give that one to me. <laughs> okay, you can you can have it. Take no, it. that was that was good. I just liked the silence. I, I well, thought the silence was pretty whip good. snakes, water dogs. Um, again, as we've mentioned uh, a few times, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, so the injury reports aren't out. So we don't know exactly what the whip snakes roster will look like. Um, obviously they added old Billy Perry to the mix. So, um, you know, shoot or shoot, but not real concrete at the moment, what Rambo status will be. I'm sure as you're listening to this right now, you already know what it is. So it's whatever. Uh, but uh, whip snakes, water dogs, uh, the snakes are favored minus 167 water dogs at plus 130. The over under here set at 24 and a half. Um, only thing I'll say about this is water dogs only win when they have the double header on those weekends. So they're only playing one game this weekend. So I, I got to go whip snakes just based on uh, previous history. So uh, you boys got anything a little, little more analysis driven or is it just uh I don't know. Take take it away, Jake. I mean, I mean, the water dogs are hilarious, right? Like, you you never really know what you're gonna get. And then the whip snakes being kind of beat up and still being able to ease out when it, like to to get out wins and, and squeak those out is hilarious uh, as well. Um, I don't know. I think I'd be wary of. And again, this is not very this is not very gambler of me. I think we'd be I'd be wary of the over in this game, just because if you've got two teams that aren't really like syncing up in, into the flow of the game, you may have a lot of mistakes. Like the Whip Snakes kind of. Well, now you got Will Perry, and maybe Rambo's not in. Um, you don't know how Zed's going to do. It. Like you, you, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it could, I, I could envision this being a sloppy game. Um, you know, like a like a going into halftime being like a seven five game or something like that. I can I can envision it being pretty sloppy. So, um, I've never. I don't think there's any benefit to trying to uh, bet against the whip snakes. I don't. I don't think that anybody should. I think that's a a ridiculous thing to do. So don't do it. But I would probably take the whip snakes. Um, I just take the whip snakes out right. You know, All right. Is that whip snakes money line? Is that what it is? Yeah, you're killing Bing, it going bingo. into Vegas. Bingo. <laughs> you, okay. you are killing it going into Vegas. Just, one more just practicing. One more, and I just throw it all in black. But <laughs> you know, we're going. You're right, Jordy. Water dogs only win when they play two two games in the same weekend. But they're also zero and zero when Jake is on the cock. When Jake is on the cock, that's the punchline. But wait, is is he calling both of them on? Yeah, he's gonna call both of them. Oh wow! So, I, I you know it would be very embarrassing for the Water Dogs to lose in front of Jake, especially when he's on the call. I hope there's no bias from Jake. Actually, if I know Jake, there will be no bias. Professional of the professionals. But if I told myself next week that I bet against the I bet against the Whip Snakes and the Water Dogs won, I mean, if I if I bet against the Whip Snakes and the whip snakes won, I'd be like, why the fuck did I think that the water dogs would win? But I will say this. If the water dogs win this game, I don't think there's any question. They, they should get the recognition they deserve, and I'd put them as a legit team, a top four team. 
because especially the way they've been playing, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Schlossler is ridiculous, but I'm not going to be the idiot this weekend. I'm taking the whips money line. And I'm not even going to touch the over-under, but it'll be an exciting game. Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel bad where, like, I mean, the Water Dogs, they're, they're sitting in second place right now. And I feel like there's no one that is, is like, taking them seriously at all. It's like, like I, I feel like they're, they're the most disrespected second-place team in all of the land. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think something happens when they have two games in one weekend. They, they somehow just get a little bit more dialed in. Um, going up against the two-time champs might be a little tough. But, um, yeah, so hopefully they just don't embarrass Jake on the cock. Uh, heading into Sunday, we've got Chaos taking on the Chrome. The Chrome will be playing their second game of the weekend. Uh, and the Chrome are favorite here at minus 148. Chaos as the underdogs at plus 115. Um, heading into this game, though, so Mac O'Keefe, Little 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 lax biz uh, talk here. Mac O'Keefe just signed on to be a Maverick athlete, so he's going to have a little bit more coin in the pocket. Uh, so he's going to be coming in feeling pretty good about himself. That bank account is going to be, uh, you know, pretty good. And um, so you know, maybe he'll be he'll be feeling himself a little bit more and, and letting some of those fly. So uh, chaos taking on the Chrome uh, Dukes. What, what do you got on this one? And um, yeah, take take it away. I feel like I'm a big chaos hater for some reason, but I'm not. I'll definitely take the under in this game. I love the under in this one. I feel like these are two two of the better defenses, two of the better goalies right now in the league. Um, I feel like this is almost um, it's a most must win for both teams because they're both at the fighting for that bottom spot. I'm going to go Chrome, Chrome Moneyline. Um, I think this is going to be the Malloy game, like I was referring to earlier. T didn't have a good game. Um, T didn't have a good game his first time out, but the second game he played, balled out. So I think Malloy will do the same thing. But just going back to the Water Dogs game, I just forgot to mention that I was swiping through my Instagram stories, and I see a name of Michael Sowers with a countdown to game day. So what my question is, do you think that he'll get a lot of time this weekend? Because the Water Dogs offense is clicking. They've been hot. Do you guys think that they'll incorporate him into the offense or do you just let the offense ride? I, I think if you have a healthy Michael Sowers, I think you have to put him on the field. Um, I know he wasn't like overly – I, he he was perfectly fine in in week one. <laughs> like he 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 put up some points. It, it, he like was he, perfect. He, he, yeah, I love that guy. Um, <laughs> but it but it wasn't like he was like it, it wasn't like holy fuck the league is in so much trouble now that Michael Sowers is here. So you know it, it's it's not like one of those things where it's like listen like you have to put Sowers in because he's a certified bucket and he's a certified seven points a game. Um, but he's just one of the best lacrosse players in the world, one of the best lacrosse brains in the world. Um, so you have to put him in there somewhere. I do you put him in there at attack right away? Maybe not. Uh, maybe run him out of the box a little bit in the yeah. first half, just kind of see where he's at. And then, you know, depending on what happens at halftime, make those adjustments. Uh, but yeah, having Michael Sowers back will be huge for the water dogs. 
Um, so that, yeah, another reason to kind of maybe, I don't know, as, as we're talking about this right now on Wednesday, maybe stay a little bit away from, from that game in, in terms of uh, gambling responsibly. Um, but yeah, I, I think then going back to uh, chaos and Chrome, I, I, I do think the big, big, uh, big Chrome weekend for sure. I don't know. I think it's a, I'm just, I'm trying to, so what, like he's been out like what, six weeks, right? Like in, and in a concussion that, that has you out six weeks is wild, right? Like that is, uh, I, I mean, you, like we don't know enough information. Like, was it a, was it a three week concussion that he just wanted to stay out six? Was it a, an actual like medical problem? Like, was he throwing up? Like the, you know, is like a, how, how bad was it? Right. So I don't, I, I, I think if, I think you're right. I think if you have a, if you have a healthy Michael Sowers, he has to go on the field. Um, I also don't think that a guy like Sowers would knowingly put himself at risk if he thought it was too bad. So in this case, you got to trust Sowers, right? I, I don't know. I, I just, he, there's so many guys that are injured right now um, that it's tough for me to be like, Hey, they should probably like play these guys as much as they can because you know, you don't want them to have like lifetime problems or whatever the fuck. Um, personally, I'd love to see him play and flourish. Right. But you know, definitely not at the expense of his health. Uh, I think if he plays, it's, a, I mean, they can only benefit from him playing. Right. Um, I don't know. Strong take. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's like, I don't know how to feel about it. Right. Like, does that, like, does the game like need him? Like, do we, do we, do we need to see Michael Sowers on the field? Like, yeah. I would love to see him, Michael Sowers on the field, but like, if he had a concussion that just had him out six weeks, if he I, gets another I, one, like you might as well just, you don't want him eating through a straw at 35. Right. I, th- I, th- I think that his brain is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. It, it wasn't even really like that bad of a, I think his brain's totally fine. I think uh, something that we've mentioned before, like, again, this is like all speculation, but I would imagine that Michael Sowers has just played just a ridiculous amount of lacrosse over the past year, having to transfer to a new school, figure out how to play at Duke, play at Duke, go to Memorial day weekend um, and then make the jump immediately to playing in the PLL. Like he just never had a chance to really kind of uh, you know, dial it back a little bit. Um, so I think that was a nice excuse for him to step away for just, you know, a couple weeks and now he's going to be coming back refreshed, healthy, ready to go. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I, now I'm talking myself into taking the water dogs over, but I, I don't know if it'll have that big of a difference, but I do think that it'll play well. Um, real quick, just, just to wrap things up here a little bit, let, let's just go right into our, uh, the final game of the weekend, uh, Atlas taking on the cannons. Uh, so this is a game, this is a rematch of a few weeks ago. I, f- I forget exactly which week these two teams played, uh, but I do know that the Atlas came out on top with a one goal win over the cannons, which, you know, that, that was the, uh, the Paul Rabel revenge game, right? You know, kind of going back against his former team, the team who traded him away. uh, And now he has another chance here to get revenge against the Atli. The Cannons, currently the last place team in the league, sitting at two and five. Another loss here would be absolutely devastating. Um, A team that really needs to get one on the board. But the Atlas, you know, they'll have the benefit here of already playing a game this weekend. And I will say that I think that like this week in particular, 
I think having the second game on, on your schedule this week is huge because you think about like, when's the last time that we watched the cannons play a lacrosse game uh, would have been all the way back at July 11th. So it's been a long ass time that this team hasn't played a game together. Um, so the Atlas or yeah, I, I think I said that right. The cannons played July 11th. So the Atlas already getting a game under their belt this weekend. Um, they'll kind of have things a little bit more back to true form. Meanwhile, the cannons have to play their first game and, you know, over half a month. So, um, I mean, I think that the Atlas have the ability here to drive the dagger into the cannon season. Uh, real quick, heading over to the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, the cannons here are the underdogs at plus 125, and Atlas are favored at minus 159, and the over under set at 23 and a half. So, um, this is, I, I would absolutely consider this a must win game for the cannons. Do either of you see them getting it done? China's number one fan right here. You go. I mean, I, I like the cannons. I, dude, I like the cannons so much. Uh, just, I mean, on paper, they're like the perfect team, right? Uh, but just they haven't been able to get it done. And I hate that. And, you know, maybe it's like the – I mean, they're doing pretty well for like a first-year team, right? Do we, do, we, do we make that excuse for them? Like, oh, they're a first-year team. No, they don't make that excuse? Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I, don't, I don't think that you can do that. It's like – it's not like the guy, these guys haven't played lacrosse before, right? Or they don't, you know, transition between teams all the time. It's a must-win game for the Cannons. Like, it, it's a pride – so at this point, at this point, it becomes like a pride thing, right? Like, you don't want to be last place. So then you're, you're competing with, you know, the guys who are towards the bottom. You're competing with the Chrome, right? And you're, you're competing, you know, with, with, with the other guys towards the bottom. I think the Atlas is a terrible matchup for them um, if, they, if it's a must-win game. But no, I, I got I to gotta take a page out of, out of uh, Dukes' book here. I'm looking too much into it. I'm trying to think too much. It's, it's not happening. I, 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 they're not getting past the Atlas. They're not getting past Jeff Teed or, or anybody else. Um, the, the, they're the, missing the something. Wheels, the wheels there were spinning to try to figure nope, out No, I was trying to the concoct. Can, and and you, were, you, you, were, you were stuck in some mud. <laughs> you saw, you were, saw me. I, just, yeah. I was in two-wheel drive on the beach just spinning my wheels, and I, I can't Yes, you're going to fight for some pride, right? And I'd love for it to be a dog fight, but I just there's something missing on the Cannons team and I I don't know what it is. It's I, I would I would say the only way that the Cannons win is for exactly what you just did to say that there's no way of it happening and now you just reverse jinx that into into uh fruition. Dukes, any chance you, you can save the Cannon season here? Oh yeah, I I loved I I I couldn't have loved something more than the Atlas up until Jake took them. So now, <laughs> so now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go cannons money line, but as a guy, as a gambler, myself, a notorious, a responsible gambler, loser, a responsible loser gambler. Don't be a mouse. Cause the last time these teams played, it was 18, 17, 35 combined goals. The over under in this game is 23 and a half. This has, you got to smell this one out. I'll give it a little sniffle. And this just sounds, this just, if it looks like a trap, sounds like a trap, it's probably a trap. So don't fall for it. If you're going to take the over, don't. I'd say lean more towards the under as a gambler. That's what I would look at it as because I feel like the whole public would be on the over, uh, especially after that 35 goals last time they played. But uh, just be careful. Maybe stay away from the, uh, the total this game. But I, 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 think, I think I do like the cannons in this one. Um, 
when when it doesn't hit, I'll look like an idiot, which won't be the first time and won't be the last. So who cares? All right. Well, there you have it. That is your week seven lineup. Uh, so five games coming up this week. Then we will have one more bye week. And then we will wrap things up week eight in Albany uh, before we head into the quarterfinals. So, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of moving pieces. It seems like this will come down to the last, you know, which is great. It'll, it'll come down to that last weekend, depending on um, who finishes in that eighth spot that will not make it to the quarterfinals. Um, so, you know, hopefully... Hopefully we see some great lacks this weekend, but hopefully, uh, you know, the way the things shape out, it makes sure that week eight still has a ton of good storylines heading into it. Uh, so it all gets going tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. Dylan Malloy officially signed. Chris Hogan officially out. Bill Perry going to be slinging the rock. And uh, Lax is in the Olympics. And, yeah, boys great work and uh make sure you guys are all following us on socials at the crease dive and do us a favor like go like steal like your 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 friends phones and and go you know just subscribe resubscribe to the podcast let's uh get get ourselves going back up in the charts rising tide floats all ships and we're keeping it low to high it's the day we die call myself a man if I left by the morning line and I'd be 40 miles from Denver when you woke up all alone I'd be 40 miles from Denver and three days from my home in that cool mountain air on an Appalachian trail oh life is better there